Hi, my name is John Garfield. This is the Releasing Kings newsletter. It's June 16th, 2018. And uh, this week we're talking about me going up to my mountain. <laughs> so our premise and experience uh, is that the keys of the kingdom, a la Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19, that that concept of keys of kingdom is ascending to heaven's courts and councils to uh, see what's already bound and loosed in heaven and uh, to play our role on earth in a very practical way to uh, bring the kingdom. And so we want to look at the sort of the context of that passage and Jesus' promise. And um, what we see is in Matthew 16, 13, Jesus came to this region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples this question, who do men say that I am? <laughs> and this, the disciples and anyone with a Jewish background know that this location around this city um, is near Mount Hermon, which is surrounded by a, a very interesting uh, history. So those folks knew that uh, the history of this particular mountain was significant and in fact, it was a spot where the original divine council met to decide to go after the daughters of men in Genesis 6, and also where they fell. And uh, this thought isn't found in the Bible, but it was common Jewish knowledge from other popular literature at the time. One of those is the Book of Enoch. Again, not a biblical quote, but uh, just listen to this. And they were in all 200, and they came down to Ardis, which is the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called the mountain Hermon because on it they swore and bound one another with curses. So this is talking about the angels or divine council. I don't know that they were angels, but uh, the, that fall. So in the Old Testament, Mount Hermon was known for uh, Baal worship. <clears throat> and during the Greek and Roman period, it was the center for worship of Greek fertility gods, and it was also specifically known as the gates of hell. And uh, that's the context for Jesus making this statement. This is Matthew 16, 18. So I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So Jesus' uh, redemption is the answer for us, you know, for my sin and iniquity <laughs> and everything else, healing. Uh, but it's also the answer for the fall of this divine council and the invitation for us as sons of God to repopulate that council and displace powers and principalities over the nations. Um, so all creation is, is waiting in eager expectation uh, for these new sons of God to be revealed and to liberate the world from bondage and decay. I'm reading from Romans 8, verse 18 to 24. To liberate the world from bondage and decay into this glorious freedom of sons, which is us. So that is sort of the backdrop. I'm, I'm drawing a lot from uh, chapter 32 in Michael Heiser's book called The Unseen Realm really recommend that book highly. So when we talk about the rock, <clears throat> Roman Catholics understand that Jesus would build his church on Peter, 
he was the first uh, pope. And we understand the rock is Jesus based on 1 Corinthians 10.4. Heiser simply suggests that the rock was Mount Hermon. <clears throat> so the Gospels often record Jesus going up and going into a mountain to pay, pray and be refreshed. And I've given you like 10 verses <laughs> for that. So he was going to uh, heaven into the presence of his father. It wasn't a doctrinal experience. It was an experience in prayer. So that's sort of a, the backdrop of what's in the Gospels. Jesus was continually going up to a mountain or into a mountain. That was the uh, backdrop. So when we connect the dots, we can see Jesus restoring the divine council, us ascending into heaven, just like the, uh, you know, this original divine council meeting on Mount Hermon, falling out of heaven, so to speak. Um, so th um, Jesus is sort of sticking a finger in the eye of the enemy. <laughs> Remember that thing where, you, where the divine council fell and you met on this Mount Hermon? I'm going to build my church on that mountain. Um, and so it's not a literal, it's a, it's a metaphor for us ascending into heaven in the same sense that this divine council descended down from heaven. And um, so that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. So Jesus is the key to the kingdom and the rock, but more specifically, our act of ascending to the mountain, heaven, uh, is a spiritual gateway to the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And it's ex it is uh, exactly that key that allows us to see, to become seers, to see what's already bound and loosed, uh, to see what the Father's doing. And that constitutes our marching orders for what we bind and loose in our metron on this kingdom, on earth. And when we've already seen it in heaven, we can pray and decree and uh, act or do works with an, an entirely different level of authority. In fact, we act like kings. <laughs> and that's the connection between this concept and, and this experience in uh, the courts of heaven and the councils of heaven with releasing kings. It's a tool that we really um, can't be uh, without. So John 5.19 says, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself, but he can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. So can you see that Ascending and using your seer gift is, a, is an instrumental piece of utilizing the keys of the kingdom and fulfilling uh, your ministry on earth um, to be a king, to, to make a difference in our culture, in your mountain. So this passage, Matthew 16, um, 18 and 19, goes right on and uh, there's more context. So the next thing that happens is the uh, transfiguration in Matthew 17, verse 1 through 9. So uh, I'll read that quickly. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves, Mount Hermon, probably. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. Now, this is where it gets kind of weird. <laughs> so Jesus is transfigured, shining like the sun, and Moses and Elijah show up. 
and he's having a conversation with them. And the disciples are standing there watching this. Uh, and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, we'll put up three shelters. Now, I, I understand that as Peter offering to build a denomination. <laughs> and before he can get a single board, you know, put up, uh, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped him and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love with him, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Listen to him. So, Right as Peter was busy building, you know, the shrine or the church or the denomination, whatever you think it was, <laughs> God himself interrupts that little act <laughs> politely. Well, maybe not so politely. And says, this is my beloved son. So when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. Not surprising. I think I'd be terrified too. <laughs> but Jesus came and touched them and said, get up. He said, don't be afraid. When they looked up and saw there was no one except Jesus, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anybody that you have seen this until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. So, Jesus has been raised from the dead, and we can tell everybody we know that uh, we can go up to mountains and talk to people like Moses and Elijah and hear the voice of the Father and uh, have experiences that are equally amazing. <clears throat> That's normal. So the other thing I want to point out is that we can be sort of transfigured as well. The, so the same word for transfigured is room, used in Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And 2 Corinthians 13, 17, um, we with unveiled face all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, those two verses. So I just want to suggest that these interactions on the mountain, this, this scene on Mount Hermon is remarkable because Jesus isn't just praying by himself. He's talking to two other people that at least were human at one time. <laughs> They're not angels. <laughs> and, and God is talking to him. And the whole experience scared the disciples, not surprising. And Peter offered to build a denomination. So when we think of keys to the kingdom, we cannot just write this stuff off as mysticism and make excuses for not experiencing them ourselves. Um, there are too many other visions and experiences like this. Peter and the veil that you know came down from heaven. Uh, John and the book of Revelation. I mean, it's full of this stuff. And the only thing that makes sense is to have the same experiences ourselves. We're being invited to ascend in, to, to ascend a, a mountain or a stairway or a gateway, whatever metaphor you want to use, uh, to heaven and see what's going on up there. And we're being in uh, conversation should be the norm, not the exception. And we should bring home the bacon in terms of binding and loosing. I mean, it shouldn't just be a mystical, theoretical, you know, doctrinal nuance. It should be real, okay? It should make a difference. So these experiences leverage our effectiveness in making a difference on earth. They translate our specific role in our mountain of culture to bless people and nations and to disciple nations. That's our great commission. And, and that's our ambassadorial commission. Uh, it shouldn't be weird or mystical, and it should be normal and practical. And we're being invited to make it so. So, here's a quiz for you. 
in closing. After the resurrection, Jesus is meeting with his disciples to cap everything off with the Great Commission in Matthew 28. So the quiz question is, where did they meet and where do we meet with Jesus now? Listen to this verse. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Okay? Where are you going to meet Jesus? I know you're saved. I know you've already met him in, in that sense. I know you have devotions and you meet him in that sense. But there's this dimension of meeting Jesus uh, in, via a mountain in heaven and having an experience where you can see what's going on and hear what's happening. It's exciting. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your faithfulness and uh, for this dimension of building your kingdom. And, Father, I, I just ask that you would release this. Father, even as you already have, we're just cooperating with what you're doing. And, uh, Father, I'm just inviting your people into uh, this mountain, into this uh, visitation of courts and councils of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless. Have a great week. By the way, we're putting these newsletters and, and my own uh, rec, you know, experiences in the council in a, what will eventually be a Kindle book. <clears throat> and uh, so you'll have an opportunity to, to read it all as one package. Have a great week. God bless. Love you.